0: School of Education with 100% online master's or specialist
1: degrees in fields like teaching, leadership, higher education, and more. More information at rebelteacher.com.
0: Good morning. It's 830 on Tuesday, September 4th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Governor Phil Bryant has issued a state of emergency for South Mississippi with the approach of Tropical Storm Gordon. Find out what you should do to prepare for the storm system that could develop into a Category 1 hurricane making landfall tonight. Then, just in time for Tropical Storm Gordon, federal officials are encouraging everyone to prepare for severe weather. We'll get the details.
2: What we uh, ask people to really think about is what is it that you need to survive And quite frankly, a good way to remember what's important to have in a survival situation is a rule of threes.
0: And the number of West Nile cases in Mississippi continues to climb. What now? That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Tropical Storm Gordon continues heading for the central Gulf Coast right now. It's expected to make landfall tonight as a possible Category 1 hurricane. Governor Phil Bryant has issued a state of emergency. The state Emergency Operations Center has been activated and is monitoring conditions along with supply and requests for resources from counties. In addition, multiple weather-related warnings have been issued in coastal and south Mississippi counties. Rupert Lacey is director of the Harrison County Emergency Management Agency and he joins us live this morning with the latest. Good morning, Rupert. Good morning. Now, the warnings that have been issued include a hurricane warning, a storm surge warning, river flood warning, a flood watch in Harrison County and along the coast. What do these mean? What what concerns you the most with those warnings in place?
1: Uh, of course, uh, as you look at that, uh, you know, the key factor around that is going to be uh, all dealing with uh, with water, uh, the, the hurricane warning, of course, is water surge, uh, rainfall, and, and of course wind. On top of that, but uh, if this storm uh, uh, makes it as it makes its landfall, we're going to see uh, see water and a lot of water, probably that uh, is going to have impact in on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and especially in Harrison County.
0: All right. When you have storm surge and then you have heavy rainfall on top of that, what's the what's the result?
1: Uh, well, you know, the first thing is we're watching the, the Mississippi Sound and, and have been down there a couple of times uh, early morning and then right around uh, 7 o'clock or so. Uh, we we're we cur- we're cur- currently coming off of a high tide, but that's not saying much because we've had a southerly flow. As uh, Tropical Storm Gordon approaches, the winds are pushing in. It's pushing more water in, so any rainwater Uh, that would fall uh, and it would uh, go through the normal drainage of going into the Mississippi Sound is going to be impeded. Uh, Our rivers, all three of them, Chutica Buff, uh, Biloxi and Wolf, all are projected to go to flood with only the rainfall as we put that message out from the uh, River Forecast Center last night. Uh, You know, we're monitoring to see what the storm surge is. So uh, our folks inland are going to uh, to also be affected by this. Uh, so, it's a it's a full county event. And as as uh, just looking and talking with the weather service, uh, our our neighboring counties north of us and in this track forecast uh, also could be seeing uh, some some high rainfall totals. So it's it's not just a coastal event. It, it's going to affect all parts of the state.
0: What are you telling residents in Harrison County to do to prepare?
1: Well, we're, we're coming up on those last few hours. Uh, the sun is shining, which is a good thing. The clouds will start to build in uh, on top of us, and, and uh, we'll start to see those rains and, and uh, the winds pick up. So uh, it's last, uh, you've got this, this last little bit of time to pick those things up around the house, make sure that your, your objects outside don't, don't go uh, become projectiles, uh... make sure that you've got a good dry safe place high from the water and uh... you know have something to do once the storm starts to make landfall and and, uh... ride it out and then after the storm uh... please you know don't be quick to get out to look and uh... uh... let let the uh... first responders public works road departments, utility authorities uh... all our all our service providers Get out and check to make sure that everything's safe uh, before you get out and start trying to make a normal day again. And please follow the orders of our first responders, be it police, sheriff, highway patrol, national guard, firefighters, as they're trying to do a job to uh, to protect us all.
0: Are you opening any shelters for those living in the low-lying areas?
1: We are we are looking at it in Harrison County, just as uh, just as others. Uh, The other counties are looking at it, and uh, we'll be making that call uh, around noontime today.
0: Are any major roadways closing, or what roads are likely to close uh, when there's flooding with that storm surge? Uh,
1: Of course we know Highway 90 will. Uh, We uh, we know that uh, in some of the low-lying areas, especially on the eastbound lane, Mother Nature will will make water come up enough to where it will it will go ahead and close it. Uh, some of our roads around our, our rivers, uh, we start to see these high these high tides. They're going to uh, they're going to come up. So um, you know we it's a hurry up and wait and see. Uh, let's see where the rain falls and and uh, you know we're going to take necessary precautions. Um, but, you know, the, the key message there is: if you see standing water or rushing water going over a street or road, turn around, don't drown.
0: Rupert Lacey is the Harrison County Emergency Management Director. Rupert, we wish you the very best, and thanks for being with us. Thank you. Weather forecasters continue to monitor conditions for the central and southern parts of the state. Daniel Lamb is with the National Weather Service in Jackson. He gives us a timeline for what's expected with the storm.
3: Tropical storm, Gordon, currently located over the northeastern Gulf of Mexico, uh, just to the south of the Florida panhandle. Uh, it's moving northwest. Um, right now it's still a tropical storm, but it looks like it could strengthen to a low-end hurricane, a Category 1 hurricane, before it makes landfall. Uh, right now the area of landfall is still expected to be somewhere uh, between Uh, southeast Louisiana and the Mississippi or Alabama coast. It looks like that will occur late tonight or early Wednesday morning, more likely late tonight. But, of course, that's just when the center will move ashore. Of course, impacts, uh, you know, stronger winds and so on will occur a little bit ahead of the center. Uh, We could have some rain bands with some gusty winds beginning to reach uh, southeastern parts of the state as early as kind of mid to late this afternoon. Uh, nothing extreme, but you know, just some kind of squally type showers and thunderstorms. Um, but the primary impact that we're expecting across um, most of central Mississippi and even parts of South Mississippi is going to be the potential for some heavy rainfall that may result in flash flooding across parts of the area. There's a an area from uh, basically, the Mississippi coast and uh, along through Hattiesburg, the Jackson metro area, and up into the delta, where we could see three to six inches of rain, with some locally higher amounts. And of course, with that occurring over a short period of time, uh, that could result in some flash flooding, some flooding of roads, and that sort of thing. And potentially get some structures.
0: I'm sorry. When is it expected for central Mississippi and up into the delta that that might be the case?
3: So we're expecting landfall, again, like I said, kind of later tonight, maybe around midnight, that sort of time frame. Uh, The center will continue northwestward slowly uh, through the day tomorrow, By tomorrow afternoon, uh, probably getting close to the Mississippi River, and then by uh, later on tomorrow night, getting up into Arkansas. Um, In terms of uh, getting back to those impacts um, with the flash flooding concerns, that could be... Uh, as soon as, uh, late tonight and into the early morning hours on Wednesday, uh, and then basically through the day on Wednesday across central Mississippi and, uh, again, getting up into the Delta. Heavy rainfall could linger up in the Delta through tomorrow night, uh, and then things will kind of gradually taper off after that with some potential for additional scattered showers uh, over the following days, but, in terms of like the the concentrated periods of heavier rain. It'll mainly be from late tonight through uh, tomorrow and in the Delta tomorrow night. Heavy rain isn't the only threat, though. I mean, it's a tropical storm, could become a weak hurricane. There will be some wind with it, um, so there is some potential along the coast, particularly where you could get some wind gusts up to uh, 50 to 60 miles an hour. Um, even getting up into the Hattiesburg area, we could see a few gusts over 40 miles an hour. Um, so that would be enough to down some trees and power lines, um, you know, and potentially cause some some light damage to homes, uh, heavier damage if, you know, if a tree falls on a house or that sort of thing. So uh, some, some of the southeastern parts of the state, from Macomb over to Hattiesburg and down to the coast, you know, there could be some power outages, uh, maybe even some that last a couple of days closer to the coast. Uh, farther north, uh, up towards the I-20 corridor, Vicksburg, Jackson, uh, Natchez, Laurel areas. Um, we're not expecting gusts as strong as the center moves through because it'll be weakening. But there still could be some gusts up to 30 to 40 miles an hour. Could still have some sporadic down trees and that sort of thing, and maybe maybe a few power outages as well. Um, and then the other thing uh, that we could deal with is uh, there's some lower end potential for tornadoes from late tonight throughout the day tomorrow, and that would be for much of central and south Mississippi, uh, mainly for the areas kind of to the northeast of the track of the system. Uh, It wouldn't be a widespread threat, and uh, any tornadoes that develop would probably be brief, uh, but there is some potential for that as well.
0: On the Gulf Coast, is the concern high tide and storm surge?
2: Yes,
3: there is also the potential for uh, some issues with storm surge uh, along the Mississippi coast. There is a storm surge warning, in effect, for all of the Mississippi coast, um, and that uh, extends all the way over to Shell Beach, Louisiana, all of the Mississippi coast, uh, and over just beyond the uh, Mississippi-Alabama border.
0: National Weather Service meteorologist Daniel Lamb. Robert Ricks is with the National Weather Service in New Orleans. He tells us what's expected for coastal Mississippi.
4: Right now we are watching Tropical Storm Gordon move towards the central uh, Gulf Coast region, and we're anticipating it to possibly become a hurricane prior to landfall, and that would be uh, most likely right after sunset this evening and through midnight somewhere in that time frame. It's moving to the northwest, west northwest at about uh seventeen miles an hour. And that clocks out if it maintains that speed throughout the day, then it looks like shortly after sunset it'll be making landfall. Somewhere up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast.
0: This would be a category one hurricane?
4: If it does reach it, right. We're not we're not expecting it to uh be much higher than that. It looks like it if it does get it will be right at the seventy five mile an hour threshold.
0: What is the biggest concern for the Gulf Coast? Is it storm surge? Well, we are expecting some storm surge uh, on the order
4: of about four to six feet of inundation, which would, for the most part, along this where the improved beaches and everything are, um, you know, you'll see some beach erosion uh, and then maybe getting up to the seawall in some locations, and some of the lower-lying locations. Uh, and then in the Back Bay area, you may see some um, flooding, uh, in some low-lying areas right along the back bay um, of Biloxi. And then further, even in, into Hancock County, it looks like in the Shoreline Park area, and those areas along the bayous that are more prone to flooding at high tide situations, they'll see probably some inundation as well. It's not a, I kind of really would equate it to the same magnitude roughly as Nate was last year, as far as the surge impacts go. The other main concern we're looking at is if you get any banding of the the feeder bands that come in with the storm, uh, would probably produce some really torrential rainfall at times, you know, two to three inches per hour rates. So with that, we're looking at four to eight inches of accumulation possible. And that's most likely going to happen in, in either Harrison or Jackson County. Um, and, and then as the storm moves further inland, uh, further into the state as well later on. Uh, going into tomorrow,
0: this heavy rain then and the storm coming ashore would be late tonight in the overnight hours.
4: Correct. Yes, yeah. so, um, I think for the most part uh, you'll start seeing people will start seeing a gradual increase in the winds and, and rainfall coverage throughout the day. Uh, you know, getting conditions deteriorating towards the late afternoon hours. And then definitely by sunset, uh, I think that's when we'll start seeing some of these tropical storm force winds starting to impede the coastline.
0: What kind of winds are we talking about on the coast?
4: Uh, well, up to hurricane strength perhaps, uh, looking like ranges, say, from 40 to 65, 70 miles an hour uh, for a short duration. And then once the eye does, or the center of the circulation does move on shore, we're anticipating the system to decay rather quickly, like like within a couple of hours, fall apart rather quickly. Um, So it's going to be a short duration of these peak conditions wherever it does make landfall over a small area, say, of about 20 or 30 miles.
0: Does the National Weather Service recommend a certain kind of preparation level with a storm like this? Most
4: people should be wrapping up their preparations today if they haven't done so already. And with that, that would definitely be uh, where these higher winds are going to be bring in any loose objects from outside, lawn furniture, garbage cans, things like that, small objects that could be uh, tossed in the wind, that's that's definitely something that should be done. I I would even go as far as uh, anticipating uh, maybe some power outages from the power lines maybe being uh, impacted. So as a result, uh, just have some supplies on hand to handle uh, some duration of, of power outages. And that would be most critical for anybody that's depending on, you know, uh, safe oxygen generation or things like that uh, that, that needs power supply. To, to certainly should take that into consideration today.
0: Robert Ricks is a meteorologist for the National Weather Service in New Orleans. Thank you, Robert. Have a good day. Coming up, just in time for Tropical Storm Gordon, federal officials are encouraging everyone to prepare for severe weather. We'll get the details. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. a colorful autumn, which can be pretty glorious. Enjoy all the fun that Mississippi has to offer. Go to MPB's events page at mpbonline.org. Make it a glorious season with MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. September is National Preparedness Month. After a record-breaking 2017 hurricane season and this year's wildfire outbreaks, the Federal Emergency Management Agency is working to support citizens and first responders in preparations for hazardous events. They say disasters can strike at any time, and no matter where you live, yet less than 50 percent of households have developed an emergency plan and discussed it with their families. We spoke with Montague Winfield with FEMA, ahead of Tropical Storm Gordon, moving toward the state's coastline. Now, with the threat of both hurricane and possible spin-up tornadoes, he tells us FEMA's biggest challenges are in preparing for the current hurricane season.
2: As you well know, last year's historical hurricane season and, of course, the California wildfires affected 47 million people. That's roughly 15 percent of the entire U.S. population. So what we're doing now, of course, is finishing a lot of that work, and we're positioned and postured to be able to address uh, what could potentially be another uh, severe uh, hurricane season this year. Again, hurricane season started on one June, but we're we're at the at the peak of the Atlantic hurricane season right now, and actually it starts about mid September. So. What we're trying to do is to build a culture of preparedness uh, throughout the entire nation. And our goal is to help individuals, communities, and other organizations to understand their risk and to learn what they can do to manage those risks.
0: Mississippi is used to the potential for tornadoes and hurricanes. Is preparation for both the same in terms of FEMA?
2: Yes, it is, for a couple of reasons. And let me just give you a couple of data points. Uh, last year, 2007, uh, Mississippi received three presidential disaster declarations, one for uh, severe storms, tornadoes, and straight-line winds uh, and flooding in January uh, from 20th to the 21st. They also had the same type of weather in April, uh, on April the 30th, so they received a presidential declaration for that, as well as uh, October the 6th to the 10th, and that was Hurricane Nate. The preparation is very similar. The better question that makes to be asked is what is it uh, that your listeners can do to prepare for disasters? And it's pretty common for all of them. The first thing that we are asking, there are four key ways to prepare, is to learn critical response skills such as first aid and CPR. The second is to make and practice an emergency plan. And in other words, how do you and your family uh, communicate or reconnect uh, during an emergency? The third thing is to start and grow an emergency savings fund uh, to cover unexpected costs and disasters. And the fourth is to review your insurance policies to be sure that you are fully covered for the threats Uh, in your area. And that includes sleds. So as you can see, uh, that preparation would apply to any type of disaster.
0: What about something you can always have on hand, for instance, uh, like you said, insurance, but if you have to evacuate, you know, run and your house is destroyed, what kind of documents or things might you need that are already stashed away that you can grab and go?
2: What we uh, ask people to, to really think about is what is it, that you would need to survive. And quite frankly, a good way to remember what's important uh, to have in a survival situation is the rule of threes. Uh, And uh, three minutes, three hours, three days, three weeks. Most humans can live past three minutes uh, without air, three hours without shelter in a a hazardous environment, three days without water, three weeks without food. So obviously those four are at the top of the priority list. But we talked flashlights, first aid kits, item of personal sanitation tools uh, to be able to shut down the utilities, whistles, maps, documents, and blankets. And you talked about documents, but we're talking about all, any type of insurance policies. It could be birth certificates. It could be all of your important papers should be placed somewhere that you can grab and go. But but a a go kit uh, is a good idea. Uh, to have in this, if you are asked to evacuate or you have to evacuate because uh, your home is damaged,
0: Mississippians know uh, during a tornado to get into an interior room, but what else should people have in order to protect themselves, to save their own lives?
2: and a couple of things are important there, and you you talked about the interior wall. Uh, we talked about getting in a bathtub uh, if if that's available. And then it's just the first 72 hours that's absolutely critical uh, to survival. And, and again, the key is uh, there's a good chance that gas, electricity, telephones, uh, waters uh, will not be working. So having all of those things that I talked about in your emergency kit is critical. But what's more important is that public safety services, such as police and fire, may not be able to reach you immediately during a serious crisis. So what we are asking is people to look out for each other, look out for your neighbors, and be self-sufficient at least for that first seven to hours until help can arrive. And what we are pushing now is you're the help until help arrives. That's sort of a, our mantra right now because we we need to we need to uh, to mobilize all Americans to be prepared to be able to assist each other uh, in the event of a disaster.
0: W. Montague Winfield is the federal coordinating. Officer officer for the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. Thank you so much for some great tips today.
2: Thanks, Karen. Have a wonderful day.
0: The Mississippi Emergency Management Agency continues coordinating preparation for uh, Tropical Storm Gordon and has a liaison in each of the county emergency operations centers. MEMA officials are reminding Mississippians about the importance of a family emergency plan and listening to the advice of your local officials. In other news, the Mississippi State Department of Health is urging Mississippians to take precautions as the peak season for West Nile virus continues. The Health Department has confirmed 29 cases of the mosquito-borne illness so far this year. Dr. Katie Taylor says the public can take steps like using mosquito spray, wearing long clothing, and reducing standing water.
4: The mosquitoes that transmit West Nile are usually out sort of early morning and late evening, so you could stay out of out of mosquito areas during that time. And then if you have any sources of standing water around your house, you know, anywhere that little little pockets of water can collect, they like to, to breed there
0: peak West Nile season is between July and September. Officials with the Coast Guard say they have begun securing its area of responsibility and adjusting port conditions along the Gulf Coast as the threat of Tropical Storm Gordon continues. The Coast Guard urges all mariners to continuously monitor local and national weather sources and avoid coastal areas that may be impacted by the storm. Owners of large boats are urged to move their vessels to inland marinas where they will be less vulnerable to breaking free of their more moorings or sustaining damage. Trailer-able boats should be able to pull from the water, or should be pulled from the water, tied securely to trailers and stored in places not prone to flooding. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for we- uh, weather updates throughout the day, and you can get the latest information at mpbonline.org or by following MPB News on Twitter and Facebook. Join us tomorrow at 8.30 for Mississippi Edition.